are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Job is considered by many historians as the oldest book in the world. Not just simply the oldest book in the Bible, but they believe it to be the oldest book of mankind. It is the oldest book in the Bible. It's before Genesis, Job is written. Job is a book that is an amazing thing when you see all that this man has gone through. We'll take some of those observations tonight, but it's just an amazing thing. But it only took one year. Sometimes we think that Job, it just goes on and on and on. And is there any sunlight at the end of this tunnel? Is there anything that's going to happen that's good? But it was about one year. What was his testimony by way of introduction? Well, it's verse 1 and verse 8. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. That man, let's, let's get the fourfold, let's, let's write it down. That man was what? Number one, what? That was, there was a, a completeness about him, maturity about him. He was perfect. And secondly, he was what? Upright. He wasn't fudging on anything. He was just an upright man. I pastor people like that. Upright people. I'm so thankful for that. Then, and then um, one that, number, number three was what? Fear God, a reverence. Fear is not biting your fingernails off. Uh, Proverbs deals with that. And uh, Psalms deal, when you fear God, it is a holy reverence for God. Psalm 19 shows us that. A reverence toward God. And then number four, he eschewed, eschewed his word was very popular in that day. He hated evil. So four things, what are they? Number one, class, church, what are they? Number He was what? Perfect. And secondly, and thirdly, and fourth, and look what he says in verse number eight. And the Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth. No one like him. A perfect, upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. We have looked at 17 books now from Genesis to Nehemiah. Those 17 books are called historical books. They deal with history. They deal with a nation. We're gonna move from a nation to an individual. And the next five books are poetical books. And God is gonna deal with man and his journey on life. We'll find the book of Job and Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon. Those are the five poetical books. They're individual, now not so much to a nation. Job is a book of, if you're writing a note or putting a note there, Job is a book of, um, Brokenness, such a broken man. Job's a book of bewilderment, a book of despair, a, a book of suffering. And I want you to see some observations about his life tonight. He's going to be under attack, and I find that first, I call it an emotional attack. There was an emotional attack. You know, 
sometimes our emotions are under severe attack. And I think men, sometimes we think, yeah, that's women, they're emotional. All of us, if you're living, have emotions. Everybody does here, male, female, teenagers. Some of you teenagers, uh, you're, you're, what your problem is so big to you, it's minor, but the truth of the matter is, right now it seems major, and it is. But one day you're gonna look back and you say, I, I thought that was such a big thing, and now, now I'm facing bigger things. Be not despaired, despair, uh, teenagers, uh, God will take care of you. And children, children carry big burdens. Nobody likes me in school. Little children carry, I'm ugly. I'm not talented, I can't do anything. Everybody, there's emotional situations in life. What was his emotional attack? His attack was on his children. My goodness, attack almost anything you want, but don't, don't attack my kids. Look what he says in chapter one, verse five. And so it was when the days of their feasting were gone about them. This was his sons and his daughters, and they were in their own houses in verse number four, <coughs> that Job sent early and sanctified them. Let me, let me stop there. This is the verse we want to see for a moment on this emotional attack, but he sanctified them. You know, parents, that's your job. And parents, when your children are grown and gone, you still sanctify them. You set them apart. And you go to God in prayer and say, Lord, my, my son, my daughter, I'm so very thankful and grateful all this, or my son has this battle today, or my daughter has this battle today, or, or, or there's discouragement, or they're a prodigal, or whatever it is. But, but I, wouldn't go to the, I wouldn't go to Twitter or Facebook. I'd go to God. And he said, here was a righteous man. What a testimony. Say, well, we're going to have a big family meeting about it. I, I wouldn't do that. I'll tell you what, I'm bringing my son and my daughter-in-law. I'm bringing my daughter and my son-in-law. I'm bringing them into the house. We're having a family meeting. Uh, unwise. Parents, they've already left mother and dad. Don't drive them further away. Be very careful. When you have your kids get married, sew your lips together. Don't say a lot. You say, well, I gotta just give them some advice. You should have done that while they were in your home. Be very careful. But we can go to God and pour out our heart. My, all, all six of our kids have such great needs tonight, today. Oh, today I did again, and I will today, and I have done today, and every day pour out my heart to God on the behalf of our children and their mates. It's really the only avenue I have. Oh, I wrote a note yesterday to one of the grandkids, and I wrote a note the day before, and I don't do that as much as I should, but, uh, but, but I can't pray. Notice what the Bible says, and sanctify them, Rose up, what's the word? Early in the morning. We sung the song that we taught the children early in the morning, little children pray. Well, early in the morning, mothers and dads ought to be praying. And notice what the Bible says, that it may be that my sons have sinned. 
He said, my kids are grown. They're in their own houses in verse four. But it may be that they have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Read that last phrase with me, that last little bit. Thus, ready, begin. Thus did Job continually. He just kept praying. Just kept praying. And just kept praying. He was a man that knew how to pray. And you know the story of all that took place. All 10 of his children died. Notice what the Bible says in verse number, uh, verse number 13. There was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger. And now all these things are going to begin to happen. He was under a great emotional attack. I find he's under, secondly, if you're writing it down, a satanic attack. Would you just underline when I say the word Satan or read it? How about chapter 1, verse number 6? They present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came among them. Verse number 7, would you underscore it? And the Lord said unto Satan, then Satan, verse 7, answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro amongst the earth. God says, where have you been? He knew where he was, but he said, I'm just been walking to and fro. You know what the devil's been doing today? Be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walketh about, seeking who may devour. Do you think the devil's been against an unsaved marriage today? I think God, the, the devil's been against your marriage today. I think God, the, the, the devil's been against your children today. I think the devil's been against your mind today. And it's a constant attack. There is an emotional attack with his children. There is a satanic attack. Notice, if you will, underscore verse number eight, the Lord said unto Satan. Verse number nine, and Satan answered the Lord. Verse number 12, and the Lord said unto Satan. Verse number 12, so Satan went forth in the presence of the Lord. Notice what the Bible says in chapter two, verse one. Again, there was a day when the sons of men came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came among them. Verse number two, and the Lord said unto Satan, from whence cometh thou? And Satan answered the Lord from going to and fro throughout the earth, walking up and down in it. And the Lord said in verse three, Satan. And verse four, and Satan answered. And verse six, and the Lord said unto Satan. And verse seven, so Satan. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord. You mean the presence of the Lord? What are you talking about? Do you know that the devil goes to the throne of grace, and the truth of the matter is the Bible says that he accuses, chapter 12, Revelation, the brethren night and day. Now, there's Jack Treber. Look at, look at, look at him, Jesus. You, he, he claims to be a man of God. He claims to be the servant. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. The, the devil attacks the people of God before the throne of grace. I'm glad they're under the blood. They're under the blood. Christ did for me what I could not do. I'm glad that Calvary covers it all. There is a satanic attack. And on this rough journey of life, there will be emotional, emotional strains. You know, every marriage has it. I don't know. You say, well, We've been married X amount of years and we've had no problems. Well, then someone's not talking. That's, that's <laughs> so many of you smiling at one another right now. It just, it just happens. It just, it just happens. That's part of life. 
And there's emotional strains where I think we'll just always be poor or we'll just always be this or we'll always be that. Or my heart is so shattered, it's so broken. Do you realize that God is trying to shape you? And here was a man that was going through emotional attack with his children and satanic attack. And did you notice he goes through financial attack? In verse number 14, there came a messenger unto Job, and he said, The oxen were plowing, the asses feeding them, and the savings fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped to tell thee. And while I was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped. And while he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans made out of three bands and fell upon the camels and carried them away. Yea, have slain thy servants. I only am escaped to tell thee. While I was yet speaking, there came another said, thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men and, and they, are all, they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Do you know everything financially was attacked? Everything. I know during what we call the Great Depression, I know people over finances committed suicide. But you know that the large majority of Americans, they went through the soup lines and the bread lines, and they went through the rationing of gasoline, and they went through the very difficult times of life and, and were trying to just scratch out enough food for the family for the day. And there was a backbone in that generation of people and then led them into World War II, a backbone like no other generation, I think. They just had such courage. Those people, you look at their faces in the old pictures, they're, they're, they're 40 years old and drawn and worn out. They had a hard life. They had a difficult life. Things were not easy in life. They didn't have an iPad, and they didn't have a cell phone, and they didn't have an internet, and they didn't have air conditioning. You ever read about the Dust Bowl? How they moved from Oklahoma, and there was no water, no rain, and they start coming west, and the poverty and the difficult times that they encountered. I think sometimes we think with all of our prosperity, we're in the hardest time of mankind. We're probably in the easiest time of mankind. But we've rejected God more than ever. When you're under financial pressure, you be careful of the things you say and the things you do, and do not make decisions on reactionary moments. The Van Dykes were glad you're back. I missed you so much. I, I've been looking for you right there. Thanks for being back home. I try, and my wife's dad's the same way, but I, I try, I've tried to stop not talking about my dad all the time. But when my folks lost their business, about 19, latter part of 59 and 60, and the next 10 years for them was a tremendous struggle. That's when the character was formed in their three kids. We watched it. We watched it when we did not have a place to live. 
And we watched it. We began to rent two rooms, two bedrooms, not a two-bedroom house. It wasn't you know, probably a six-bedroom, but we rented two rooms in the house. And we didn't have a kitchen. And we'd go in the morning for breakfast in the park, and my mother would get cereal. And the night before, I'd go down to the little house on the corner and get milk and put it on the ledge at night to stay cool. And those were hard days. I, I, I saw my dad a few times. I watched him where he cut out cardboard and threw it in the bottom. My dad was always clean. He was a businessman, a salesman. And I watched him dress in a suit, same old suit. He didn't have a wardrobe and his shoes, he put that cardboard in holes in them. They were all shined. I can recall one day my dad came home, my mom said, Dad, where's your suit coat? What was 101? I think they had some stop signs. Brother Manley, I told, you, you told me you remember before 101, they had stop signs on some of these roads. And my dad ran across an accident. There was a lady in the street and on, on the road there, and she was shivering in shock, and he took his coat off and all bloody, put it on her, and he said, I said, my, my mother said, where's your coat? And she goes, that woman needed it. And he had nothing. My dad had nothing. I tell you, we sang every night. Even when we rent those two rooms, mother said, don't sing loud tonight. The Nestle salesman is over in the other room. He won't want to hear a lot of this tonight. He's worked hard today. And we'd sing, and my dad would read the Bible, and we'd pray together. My parents never, I thought it was great. Man, we were camping out. It was wonderful. Mother and dad, they oh, we're poor. Oh, we can't have it. Oh, I can't do it. They didn't cry about their problems publicly. I think they must have privately a few times, a little bit later, I can remember hearing my mother cry in the room. But I want you to know, they, they just, they, they were solid Christians. One of the reasons you're having adversity right now, sir, is that you can train your wife and show your wife that, that you're going to trust God. And one, one, one reason, yeah, lady, you're going to be able to show your husband that you're a Proverbs 31, we can, I can trust Jesus. And your kids are going to see you say, be not dismayed, God will take care of us. Talk about emotional attack and satanic attack and then financial attack, chapter 2, verse 7, physical attack. So when 7, 2, 7, so when Satan went forth in the presence of the Lord, he smote Job with sore boils in the sole of his foot to the crown. He took him a posture that's like broken clay to scrape himself. He sat among the ashes. He's on the ground sitting at these boils and the itch, and he took that clay and it began to scrape on his body. He had physical attack. And it hurts me when I watch you, some of you folks struggle and there's shots and there's insulin and there's all that you go through in life. There's chemotherapy and and um, Parkinson's and all of that that you face, physical pain, suffering, canes and wheelchairs and, and walkers. That's part of life. And it's a sad part for us to watch. Some of the greatest Christians you and I have seen are those that suffer. James chapter one says that God will give you a crown if you suffer. 
as long as you don't complain and gripe. Read it, chapter 1. It's got something for you. Because you endured during suffering. Job's now this rich man, this man who was such a good man, and now he's suffering. I find number five, he went through spousal attack. A wife, verse number nine, and then said his wife unto him, dost thou still retain that integrity? Curse God and die. How'd you like to live with that? Job, you fool, curse God. You lost your kids. We lost the possessions. You lost your health. Throw in the towel. Never give up. Who wrote that in our songbook? A blind girl, Fanny Crosby. Never give up. Never give up to your troubles. Don't give up. Don't give in. Give over. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. His wife said, he said to her, thou, thou speakest as one as a foolish woman speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall we not receive evil? And all this Job did not sin with his lips. I find in chapter two, he began to have, look at verse 13, betrayal attack. And now when Job's three friends heard of the evil that was come upon them, they came. They didn't say anything. They sat down with him, verse 13, on the ground for seven nights and none spake a word and they saw that his grief was very great. But the unfortunate thing, they're going to start speaking. And they're going to start attacking him. Said, I tell you what, because of pride in your heart. That's why you're having these problems. May I ask you, please, you be, please hear me, every Christian, be very careful about identifying what everybody else's problem is. Some people are reacting, they react wrong to situations and they're not, in every church we have Christians that are, are, are weak or are, they're not spiritual and they make, they say things and they're hurtful things. Now wait a minute. You don't have to fight and defend. You don't have to get mad at them. But instead, maybe we ought to pray for them. They, they must be going through something, God. When people attack, it's always a result of something else. Marital problems, financial problems, children problems, uh, uh, disappointment in their life, fear, whatever it might be. But they, people, people have a tendency always to lash out. But when you're lashed out against, you don't need to, to lash out. I found this my, true my entire ministry here. Someone gets mad at the college. Well, the college is wrong. And they handle it wrong. The school is wrong. Or the youth group is wrong. Or the way we do things around here is wrong. <laughs> my flesh wants to say, would you like to start your own church and I'll come be a member at your church? You know, the truth is when people lash out, there's always a root. And it's not what they're talking about. I find there's that betrayal. Then I find a personal attack. And we're going to close her down here. But we start in, we begin in chapter 3. 
Notice the personal, he, he begins to attack himself. After this, look what the Bible says. After this, opened Job his mouth and cursed his day. Verse three, let the day perish when I was born. Let the night in which it was said there is a man child conceived. Let that day be darkness. Let darkness and shadow of death stain it. Verse 11, you talk about his personal attack. He attacks himself. Why, verse 11, why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? Verse 22, 24, for my sign cometh before I eat. My roarings are poured out like the waters. For this thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. Go with me, if you will, to chapter number six. And Job answered and said, all oh, that my grief were thoroughly weighed and my calamity laid in the balances, for now it would be heavier than the sand of the sea. Therefore, my words are swallowed up. Verse nine, oh, that I might have my request that God would grant me the thing which I long for, even that it would please God to destroy me that had let loose his hand and cut me off. Notice chapter seven, verse five, my flesh is clothed with worms and clogs of dust. My skin is broken, become loathsome. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Would you take a look with me, if you will, in chapter number 10, verse one. Let's read it to the word life about six or seven words there. Ready, begin. My soul is weary of life. My soul is weary. How about verse eight in that chapter? Thine hands have made me, fashioned me together, round about, yet thou dost destroy me. Verse 19, I should have been as though I had not been. I should have been carried to the womb, to the grave. Are not my days few? Cease then and let me alone. Notice what the Bible says. If you'll go, pardon me, to chapter number 19. <coughs> Verse number eight. Would you read Verse eight and nine? Ready, begin. He hath fenced up my way. destroyed me on every side, and I am gone. And my hope hath he removed like a tree. Verse 14, let's read 14 through 19. Ready, begin. My kinfolk have
Let's go to chapter 42, the last chapter. When you get from this chapter, from chapter three to chapter number 38, it's Job's friends attacking, attacking, attacking. I've never understood that. I, I never, I've never comprehended that. I never understood attacking God's people. I, I can't comprehend it. I, I've never understood attacking a pastor. That's almost every day. I think every, I know every day this week I've dealt with that with preacher friends. Brother Trevor, I just, I'm so tired. Get this family and this family and here's that. And I'm just trying to serve God. I'm not suggesting every preacher, especially myself, I'm not suggesting we're perfect. I just don't understand. I, I, grew up a, I grew up a different type of home than that. I, I never heard my parents one time criticize a preacher, not one time. There's not much I can say that I was right as a, I mean, there's so much I'd like to redo as a dad. But here's a, one of our daughters. She never heard us one, not one time, not one time criticize a pastor or criticize a, 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 a member of our church, not one time. The closest we got, we got to church. The church I used to preach in a lot. Church we helped start years ago. And we got there and the pastor got sideways and the members were all coming up, Brother Trevor and all this stuff. And the pastor that night was so rude to us from the pulpit, never said anything, just rude. And the only thing I said I remember is we were going back to our hotel on vacation. I said, kids, I never want to talk against a preacher. I want you to know this. That son, if you're ever a pastor and, and, and a preacher comes, or a guest comes, do your best and introduce. I said, if the Pope comes, I want to have the Pope pray. I remember telling him, I, I said, I want to have the Pope pray. I won't say here's a great man of God. Don't believe that. But we're, we're grateful that the Pope would come to our church tonight. It's the, only thing, it's the closest I ever got. We never talk about that preacher. I just said, be kind to people. Be good to people. These friends came in. You know, everything they said, I wish they would just shut their mouth. You're proud. You're arrogant. You're this. They probably were attacking what was true in their own life. So we get to chapter 38. And chapter 38, God begins to deal with Job. And chapter 39, God is now speaking. Not the friends. There was actually four of them that came, and not those friends that were his friends, and they were attacking him about his arrogance and his pride, and God's having to humble you because you think you're so great. And in chapter 38 and 39 and 40, you get to 40, and, and after Job hears God, he says in verse number four of chapter 40, I am vile. I will lay my hand on my mouth. When God is speaking to Job, he says, I'm not going to defend. He tried to defend his, his brethren, those four guys. They would attack him. And then he tried to give an answer. Tried to, and he said, God, you've dealt with me. I'm keeping my mouth shut. I'm not going to say anything. And he listened to God. I know that we love in chapter number 42, verse 10, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave to Job twice as much as he had before. 
And I want to say, I, I want you to see with me, brother, I know Brother Manley remembers this. I imagine Brother Skirty, you might remember Brother Van Dyke and others years ago, in the old, old building, I preached Job 42. And I remember we divided the church. This section, you're going to have two words. And this section, you have two words. And this is going to have a section. We divided up as many as the sections. And we got to chapter 42, verse 2. What's the first two words? Say it together. Ready? I know. What's the next two words? What's the first two words? What's the next two words? What's the next two words? What's the next two words? Everything but fail. Would you remember that message, brother? I know you would, brother Sly. Others, I know that that fact. You've told me that in the past. I know that thou canst do everything. What is your strain attack? Is it an emotional attack? Is it a financial attack? Is it a, a friend's attack? A betrayal attack? Is it a mate's attack? All these attacks that we see there. We've seen nine of them. Is it a personal attack? I'm just nothing. I'm, I'm, it'd be better had I not ever been born. I, I'm just such a loser. Uh, why, why, God? And we get to the point of despair. But when Job, God, won a great victory in his life, he said, God, it's not me. It's not my wealth. It's not my friends. It's not even my marriage. But I want you to know something, God, I know. I, I know. I understand. God, I am aware that thou, you, God, you, I, I know you. God, as I speak to you, I know you can do. You can do anything, God. I know you can. I know. I'm convinced. I know. You can bring my prodigal son back home. You, you can help us with our finances. You can help us with our family. You can restore the joy of our child. I know that thou canst do everything. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.